It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. This is midshipman second class Alexandra Butler from the Naval Academy. This is midshipman second class Jacqueline Smith from the Naval Academy. This is midshipman first class Adam Amoso Tungavailoa from the United States Naval Academy. This is midshipman second class Kayla Hodge from the Naval Academy. And this is a Fox News Rundown. Monday, May 30th, 2022. I'm Lisa Brady. Time offers a new perspective on the Vietnam War. What has been uncovered over time will present a different picture about Vietnam and what was happening both militarily and on the ground. We speak with Fox's Brett Baer. I'm Lucas Tomlinson. From the Persian Gulf to Afghanistan and now Ukraine. When war breaks out, some journalists put themselves in harm's way to report on these critical stories. I do remember those uh, journalists and friends who've died, who've been kidnapped, who've lost limbs along the way in trying to tell these stories. And I'm Paul Batura. I've got the final word on the Fox News Rundown. The nation pays tribute today to America's fallen defenders, more than one million who've died serving the country in war, including more than 58,000 whose names are etched on the wall in Washington, the Vietnam Veterans Memorial. Vietnam War was the most traumatic event we've seen, I think, certainly in the last hundred years. You probably have to go back to the Civil War to find something of comparable magnitude. That war sparked years of protest and opposition movement, including what's considered the largest anti-war demonstration ever in the U.S., hundreds of thousands marching in Washington in 1969. But time has shed new light and offered new evidence on what can be a misunderstood conflict. We've been looking at this for a long time. It just seemed that uh, Memorial Day was a perfect uh, time to launch it. Brett Baer, Fox News chief political correspondent and the host of Special Report, is hosting two Fox Nation specials, including the unauthorized history of the Vietnam War. It's been in the works, being researched, and what has been uncovered over time will present a different picture about Vietnam and what was happening both militarily and on the ground with the population. And it's just a different story than what we've traditionally heard about Vietnam. And I think it's it's eye-opening, a different look at something based on new material that has come out. And that's why we thought this was a, a good time to launch it. It's, you know, you've got basically an event that left this indelible mark on a generation of Americans and is referenced all the time as the failure of Vietnam. Uh, It changed the course of, of human events across the globe. And this is a different look at what was happening and the decisions that were being made as it was happening. To say the least, an extremely complex decision-making process, um, and, it, and it lasted for years. Perspectives can change a lot with time. What do you think is the most common misperception about that war, or has that changed over time as well? One of the most common misperceptions about it is that we lost and that we were destined to lose by the decisions that were being made, and 
essentially they couldn't win, which is why we pulled out. In reality, towards the end of the war, there were major, major screw-ups by the North Vietnamese, and there were they were taking huge, huge losses. And there was advice uh, to Lyndon Johnson that the tide had turned and that there were major events that were indicating to the commanders on the ground that they could essentially push this all back and change the dynamic. Um, the decision was made because of a lot of factors, but the pressure at home to not do that. And some commanders reflect about that moment and what was actually happening as opposed to what was being portrayed back home. You've been a scholar, written books on historical events. Was there anything that really surprised you in this new look about the Vietnam War? I don't want to ask you to give too much away about the new evidence, but you know, what surprised you? It's always surprising politicians and the way that they deal with crises and how much public opinion plays a role and how much their advisors play a role of you know what they're being told and you you suddenly realize the circle in which a president is surrounded is so crucial based on you know what advice he's given and what arguments happen in front of him or her eventually um it's just eye-opening about you know dwight eisenhower used to say i want you to argue this right in front of me. I want you to put your best foot forward and then I'm gonna make a decision at the end. Other presidents didn't think that way and had really close advisors that they just trusted and sort of like John F. Kennedy with his brother, other examples, but it is so crucial the information that they get and whether they trust it or not. And I think this special really goes into all aspects of the Vietnam War. If you think about how many people we lost, it's just so sad, but it's also to remember that those people did not die in vain and that this was an effort to stop communism from spreading around the world. It didn't end the way the U.S. wanted it to end, but it did send a message to the world that the U.S. was ready to step in if uh, nations were aggressive like that. Has the world, you know, or the U.S. learned the right lessons from what happened in Vietnam? There certainly has been a shift in how Vietnam veterans are treated. Yes, 100 percent. And I think the country's reception of veterans of all kinds now is obviously exponentially better uh, than it was after Vietnam. And as we come up to these different anniversaries, it's refreshing to see some of the tributes that are being Uh, launched around the country. There's one I heard of where Vietnam veterans are going through a mock C-17, you know, on a tarmac, and there's, you know, it's hollow on one side, but they walk through and then come down the ramp to cheering crowds. These are Vietnam veterans who never received that, that welcome when they got home. And I think that the country has turned its embrace of those veterans and their service. And that's an important thing, probably the most important. There's also, I I didn't realize, a a traveling replica of the wall, Vietnam War Memorial, which I found very interesting. This series also makes the point that that war changes life and history in more ways than one. Relationships between countries, 
the global order, you know, certainly changed after this war. Yeah. And I think it defined a generation about the horrors of war, the efforts not to get in war, but also uh, what foreign policy needs to be, that you do everything you possibly can diplomatically to avoid war uh, with the peace through strength that Ronald Reagan talked about, obviously in the in the wake of Vietnam, saying that we're going to do everything we can with defense to prevent going to war. And I think that was a powerful message in the wake of Vietnam that at the time, again, was being portrayed as a major loss. We're going to show some specific examples and some new material uh, that will change the dynamic on the ground, especially at the end of the war. Coinciding with Memorial Day, you also have another Fox Nation special on lost ships of World War II, which is fascinating to me because every ship has a story and some of them are really haunting tales of bravery and tragedy. It's so fun to look at this video and it's just an amazing series. It's eight parts, lost ships of World War II, and it's this team that has been searching the most iconic ships of World War II aboard this research vessel, the Petrel, Rob Kraft and his team, and it's just fascinating. You remember the video when we first saw the Titanic uh, being found underwater. Well, imagine that, but jack it up technologically and your ability to see in the depths of the oceans, in these places where there are these iconic battles, and we relive the battles that these ships were fighting in. And it is a mystery to try to piece together, one, where it is to find it, and two, how it's in the shape it's in and what exactly happened. And to talk to people on board that ship or that knew where the ship was going, um, I found it just fascinating. I think viewers will just love the interaction. It's almost like a, a mystery in each episode. And I won't tell you how it goes, but it's just, uh, it's fascinating and it's history being brought to life today. I think one of the most surprising things to me is just how many ships were lost. I mean, one episode's about the search for four cruisers in an area of the Pacific that's actually littered with ships. There's tons. And, you know, they were going after specific ships that they had targeted. But yes, I mean, there have been battles, there have been all kinds of shipwrecks over the years. And these efforts you know, to get this history and bring it back. Uh, even some Japanese ships and aircraft carriers were discovered and, and recovered. And you then go back to that time and the launching of the largest aircraft carrier in Japan's fleet and, you know, what those commanders were, were thinking as they got into battle. It's fascinating to, to go back into that time and use today's video of seeing the ship as it is today. Um, some of these underwater vessels have not been seen in 80 years. Some of them were untouched and not even spotted, didn't even know where they were. They had to piece together the quilt of information to get to the spot. So in that sense, it's like a treasure hunt. Add some history, stir in some intrigue and high-tech underwater video, and uh, my voice.
<laughs> what do you hope people take away from these specials at this time of year when we remember and we pay tribute? Well, I think that most I hope we take away an honor and respect, especially for those who paid the ultimate price for our country, for our freedom. And we can never pay that back. We can never do enough. But if one time a year we think about it and we think about all the people who have been lost uh, fighting for this country and for our freedom, maybe it makes us a better nation going forward. We can always learn from history. There are always cycles that we've been through before um, that we can really dig into and find some lessons for today. And I think both of these specials will do that. It'll open some eyes. It'll rekindle some memories of history gone by. And hopefully it'll, most importantly, increase the respect of those who, uh, who were lost in these battles. Streaming on Fox Nation, the unauthorized history of Vietnam War and lost ships of World War II. Fox's Brett Baer, thank you so much for your time. You bet. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. Stay on top of the latest news and information from Fox News. Listen and download the Fox News Hourly Update on your time. The trending stories you need anytime you want it. Listen and download now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. This is Paul Batura with your Fox News commentary. Coming up. On Memorial Day, we pay tribute to those who sacrificed their lives serving in America's armed forces. As we honor those heroes, we also know we wouldn't know the truth about wars and battles around the world without the brave service and dedication of war correspondents, many of whom have been injured or even killed while providing critical reporting. In fact, our own Fox family is still grieving the losses in March of veteran cameraman Pierre Zakshevsky and Sasha Kushinova, who is just 24. They were killed during a Russian attack in Ukraine, which seriously wounded correspondent Benjamin Hall, who continues to recover. Our war correspondents continue to put themselves in harm's way to shed a light on these important stories. Again, it comes just, it comes. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you around the corner. It's okay. It's okay. Fox News' national security correspondent Jennifer Griffin has covered conflicts all over the world and reported from some of the most dangerous places. Well, it's really interesting, Lucas. When I think back as to my career and how I got into this business, it goes back to 1989 when I went to South Africa. And at that time, there was a lot of violence at the end of apartheid in the in the townships. And there was a group of war photographers who kind of dubbed themselves the Bang Bang Club. And they were Kevin Carter, Greg Marinovich, Ken Osterbrook, and Joa Silva. And they were friends of mine. They were people I got to know. And I would tag along with them when they would go into the townships. And what was really interesting about those four uh, photojournalists is that the toll that I saw that what they were um, what they were photographing and what they were 
recording in terms of the violence and the impact, the necklacings, the the machetes uh, that had killed, you know, innocent people in the townships at the as the that uptick of violence at the end of apartheid. I saw the toll that it took on them psychologically. Uh, Greg Marinovich um, uh, won a Pulitzer for for his photo series on a, a necklacing that took place where you know you put that burning tie the, where the 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 mob put a burning tire around somebody and then set them alight. And he won, you know, uh, for the New York Times, a, a Pulitzer, but it weighed on him. It, it caused him a lot of distress. He had been shot in Bosnia. Uh, Ken Osterbrook uh, died. He was shot in the townships. And that weighed on his friend, uh, Kevin Carter, another member of the Bang Bang Club. Kevin went up to um, Ethiopia and he took the Pulitzer Prize winning photo of that vulture over the small starving child in Ethiopia during the famine. And that weighed on Kevin and the death of Ken in the township being shot while photographing the, the riots. Kevin took his own life a few years after winning the Pulitzer. Chua Silva, uh, one of those four members of the Bang Bang Club, a good friend of mine, fast forward after 9-11, he went to Afghanistan and he stepped on a landmine and he lost both legs, uh, recovered. He's living a full life now and is still photographing. Uh, but the, the toll on correspondence and particularly war photographers uh, has been great. I could go on and on each of the posts that I had overseas. Uh, we lost people. We lost journalists. And um, going right up until the present, March 14th, um, Ukraine, um, one of my very, very favorite uh, uh, war photographers to work with, um, um, Pierre, um, you know, was killed when an artillery shell hit our team. Two members of the team, Pierre and Sasha, were killed. Benjamin Hall was uh, injured, fortunately survived and is recovering. But uh, the cost of uh, to, to correspondents who go to the front lines, who tell these stories, is great. And it has taken a toll. What I've noticed over the years, after 15 years at the Pentagon and uh, spending a lot of time up at Walter Reed with wounded veterans and, and those members of the military who've served in Afghanistan and Iraq after 9-11, is that there, I think there's a, uh, a more in common than not between uh, those reporters who do go to the front lines and cover wars and those um, military members and veterans who survive. Uh, the PTSD is real. I think a lot of people who've covered war for a long time are suffering from PTSD no different than, um, than or, or some form of PTSD, no different than many of our troops who serve. This Memorial Day, I do remember those uh, journalists and friends who've died, who've been kidnapped, who've lost limbs along the way in trying to tell these stories. Going back to March 14th, many of our listeners might not be aware that you were instrumental in getting Benjamin Hall out of the country, who is in dire condition. You spent time at a number of hospitals in Ukraine. He had no way to get out. Can you talk to us about that and also uh, getting Pierre to repatriating him back to Ireland? Well, it's interesting, Lucas. You know that uh, for many years, I've been at the Pentagon for 15 years, um, this beat and covering the military, it's based on relationships. So when I was at the P Pentagon and I heard that uh, that Pierre had been was missing and that uh, Sasha had been hit and that uh, Benjamin Hall was injured and, and that we needed to get Ben to safety, um, 
we, we I made a call to save our allies, my friend Sarah Verardo, who I'd worked over the years on veterans issues, and asked her if she had a team inside Ukraine who could help. And she just so happened to have a very, very talented group of former special operators who were on the ground and were able to go um, to the hospital where Benjamin was and to um, to extract him. Remember, the Russians were still uh, firing on, they were still in the Kiev neighborhoods. It was still extremely dangerous, non-permissive environment. And they managed a, a very dramatic uh, rescue that took about 12 hours, but which saved Benjamin's life. The same group, Save Our Allies, uh, repatriated Pierre to uh, reconnect him with his wife, um, and and eventually onward to Ireland, where we attended his funeral um, later in March. And he was, you know, it was amazing when I landed in Ireland for his funeral. The taxi driver I mentioned why I was there, and and the Irish uh, taxi driver said in an Irish brogue, he said he said Pierre, he died a hero, and he was a hero. He was he had dedicated the last twenty years of his life to uh, documenting uh, these wars. And and conflicts, and he was the best in the business, and it was a privilege to serve with him. Something you s- mentioned earlier was survivor's guilt, and you mentioned your your colleague who uh, received a Pulitzer Prize and and later took his own life. How much of an issue do you think is this survivor's guilt and also post traumatic stress with journalists? It's just something we don't talk about much because most journalists, rightfully so, they put the attention on what they're covering and not on themselves. I think it's very real. Um, I think it's probably not spoken about very much. I think that it's, you know, the journalists don't want to be part of the story. They want to document the story. They want to... um, uh, they want to be the lens through which stories are told, but I've seen the the effect that it's had on you know friends and and you know the personal effect that it's had over the years. So I think it's very real. I think it's very real. Um, my good friend um, Kathy Gannon from the AP just retired after more than 30 years with the AP. She covered Afghanistan longer than anybody I know. And I served with her over when when we lived in Islamabad and we traveled to Afghanistan together. But she continued doing it long, long, long after I left um, uh, the region. But she just retired on Sunday. And uh, actually, it was 40 years with the AP. And she had been going to Afghanistan since the 80s. Um, she survived a few years ago. She was there with a photojournalist from Germany, Anya Niedringhaus, and they were documenting the election in Afghanistan, and they were shot at point-blank range by an AK-47. They were getting into the back of their car, and somebody came up and sprayed the car, and Anya unfortunately did not survive, and Kathy did, by a miracle, um, uh, managed to survive even after being driven out you know, over very pockmarked roads and for more than a dozen hours. A miraculously she did survive but i know from seeing her that that there is a degree of survivor's guilt i think among many many journalists who have lost uh, people there's a a sense of purpose in in documenting these wars but they it takes a toll it definitely takes a toll thank you so much jennifer for taking the time to speak with us it means so much thank you lucas 
Here's a look at the week ahead. Monday. Monday is the unofficial start of summer as the nation celebrates Memorial Day, honoring members of the military who have given their lives in service to the country. Tuesday. Facebook's parent company Meta says it will be shutting down some location-based features on the social media platform, including weather alerts and notifications of nearby friends. Wednesday. Wednesday is the official start of the Atlantic hurricane season. Last week, government forecasters predicted this season could bring up to 21 named storms, with 6 to 10 reaching hurricane strength. Officials say 3 to 6 hurricanes could reach Category 3, 4, or 5 status. Saturday. Abbott Nutrition is expected to restart its infant formula plant in Sturgis, Michigan. The company shut down the facility in February as it and FDA inspectors investigated bacterial contamination in children who had consumed formula from the plant. The closure was also key to a nationwide shortage of formula. And that's a look at your week ahead. I'm Rich Dennison, Fox News. Hi, everybody. It's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at briankilmeadeshow.com. Rate and review the Fox News Rundown on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. It's time for your Fox News commentary. Paul Patera. 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 What's on your mind? Is there someone or something you'd sacrifice your life for? On this Memorial Day, we remember that since 1775, well over one million American members of the Navy, Army, Air Force, Marines, and Coast Guard have done just that. And over two million military personnel today, both active duty and reserve, have pledged to lay down their lives for us. In some ways, Hollywood has romanticized war, but we all know people who have actually fought in combat and never wanted to even talk about it. To them, it's not a movie. It was misery. I once knew a man who said he had nightmares for decades. The Nazis didn't take his life, but they corrupted his mind and stole some of his peace. A recent Quinnipiac survey found that more than half of Democrats and nearly a third of Republicans wouldn't stay and fight if our homeland was invaded. That's a far cry from the early days of World War II, when 15 and 16-year-olds were so eager to defend America that many fibbed about their ages in order to sign up. My own neighbor, Frank Verney, was just 16 when he joined the Marines and went off to fight in the Battle of Guadalcanal. For the rest of his life, he flew the American and Marine Corps flags from his front porch in Baldwin on Long Island. He couldn't tell stories of friends he made and lost in war without first tearing up. My friend Dick Corthels flew C-130s in the Pacific, and my friend Don Pesch repaired them. My grandfather, Richard Cummings, was a doughboy in France during World War I. My father was in the Korean War. They did their jobs, came home alive, got married, had kids, climbed the career ladder, and rooted for their favorite baseball team. Of course, if they hadn't survived those wars, I wouldn't be here today. Other men died for them and for me. We're all connected. Everything affects everything else. The English poet John Donne famously said, Every death diminishes me. Well, the same can be said for every life lost in America's wars. Men and women cut down in their prime deprives all of us of their beauty, their talents, and their gifts. They represent songs never sung, books never written, and families never formed. I hope that before the sun sets on today, you might pause and give thanks for them. And not just on Memorial Day 
but every day thereafter too. It was Jesus who said it best, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. I'm Paul Batura with Focus on the Family. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. Precise, personal, powerful. It's America's weather team in the palm of your hands. Get Fox weather updates throughout your busy day, every day. Subscribe and listen now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. Hey there, it's me, Kennedy. Make sure to check out my podcast, Kennedy Saves the World. It is five days a week, every week. Download and listen at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.